Okay, good morning everyone. hope everyone's having an easy fast. I want to share with you a very powerful idea regarding Rosh Hashanah, regarding Sam Gedalia, and regarding the Asar Simei Tshuva. Um, we know there's a, I, there's a concept that the two days of Rosh Hashanah are Kol Yom one long day. They're very different than any other two-day yamtiv. Typically on a two-day yamtiv, we have two days because of Sveika the Yoma, because of a question regarding the status of which day is in fact yamtiv. We don't know, is the first day yamtiv or is the second day yamtiv? So, Misafik, we observe two days. So, it would come out then that if an egg was born on one day, then it becomes uh, permitted on the second day, because we say like this, if the first day is yamtif, great, the egg was born on yamtif, but the second day is not yamtif, you could eat it on the second day. And if the first day is not yamtif, then the egg was not noilad on yamtif. So, it's motor sheni. However, the Mishabura writes in two places, both in Hilchus Rosh Hashanah and Hilchus Yamtif, that an egg that is born on one day of Rosh Hashanah is prohibited on the second day of Rosh Hashanah because even though it's two days, it has Kedusha Achas. Why does Rosh Hashanah have Kedusha Achas? So it comes Rabbi Yonis and Rabbi Yosef Engel says that this Chiddush of Rabbi Yonis even though there's basis for it in Tanad Bel Yehuzuta, in the Psikta, nevertheless, Rabbi Yonis innovated this idea all on his own. It is a tremendous... Uh, novel approach and idea, and that is Rabbi Yonah says that the Aseres Yemei Tshuva correspond to the Ten Commandments. Because we know that on Rosh Chodesh Elo, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Har Sinai to receive the Luchai Shniyos, and he came down on Yom HaKippurim with the second tablets. Well, says Rabbi Yonah the Ten Commandments correspond to the Aseres Yemei Tshuva. Moreover, I had the privilege to be in Bratislava, buried near the Chassam Soifer, is a contemporary of the Chassam Soifer, Rev. Daniel Prustitz. And in the Sefer Elef Kasav, he brings that on each day of the Aser Simei Tshuva, the Rebbein Shem inscribed another one of the Ten Commandments. Well, says the Rebbein the first day of Rosh Hashanah corresponds to Anoichi Hashem Leikecha. I am your God. Because Anoichi Hashem Leikecha is articulating, enunciating the Mitzias Hashem, the existence of God, the power of God, which is Rosh Hashanah, Malchiyos. What could be more appropriate for the first day of Rosh Hashanah than Anoichi Hashem Leikecha? The second day of Rosh Hashanah, says Rabbi Yonis is Lo Yelcha Lehim Don't believe and bow down to other gods. So the first two commandments correspond to the first two days of repentance. By the way, Rabbi Yonasana adds another dimension of why is connected to the second day of Rosh Hashanah because initially the second day of Rosh Hashanah was only observed in Chutzaretz. And we know the Gemara tells us that someone who lives in Chutzaretz it's like he has, it's like he doesn't have a god, it's like he was worshipping idols. So therefore, don't, don't bow down to other gods, don't worship other gods, 
that is the uh, a reference to the second day of Rosh which is which is only originally for the Bnei Chutzlaretz. So this is um, Rabbi Yonason Ibishitz learns is specifically connected to the second day of Rosh Ah, says Rabbi Yonason, since since they were said in one utterance, therefore. That's the reason why the two days of Rosh Hashanah are Yoima Arichta, one long day. They are considered one long day because they correspond to the two commandments that were said, Bedibor Echad. Okay. And now we come to the third day, Tsoim Gedalia, the murder of Gedalia. That, says Rabbi Anasan, corresponds to Loisirtsach, don't murder. Loisirtsach, don't murder. So it's unbelievable. You have the ten days of repentance, they correspond to the ten commandments. So the first day is, I am your God, I am the Lord your God. The second day is, don't have other gods. So, which were said in one utterance, they correspond to the first two days of Rosh Hashanah, which are considered like one Kedusha. And then the third day, the third day is, corresponds to, don't murder. By the way, it just happens to be, if you look in the Gemara in Masech the Rosh Hashanah, Daf Yud the Gemara that talks about the murder of Gedalia, that very Gemara mentions a great happiness, a big simcha that happened on the third day of Tishrei. What happened on the third day of Tishrei? The Gemara says that the Yavanim made a decree that we are not allowed to mention the name of God. When the Chashmonon prevailed, they decreed just the opposite. We always have to mention Hashem's name. They went so far as to institute that we should write God's name in a secular document. So they would write, It's such and such year of Yoichanon Kain Gadol Lekeil El The problem was when the rabbis found out about that, they were very unhappy. The rabbis were very upset that they were writing the name of God in secular documents. He says, they said, well, what if somebody pays off the debt? Then they're going to take the document, they're going to discard it, they're going to put it in the garbage, they're going to be defiling, profaning Hashem's name. So they got the people to agree to take God's name out of a document. Now, the rabbis considered it miraculous that the people listened to them. You know, which that itself is quite interesting. The rabbis considered it a miracle that the people listened to them to such a great extent that they made the third day of Tishrei a Yom Tif. Comes Chassam Soifer al Hatoyra which by the way, I don't have that Soifer. I don't know what it is exactly, but the Chassam Soifer, it's quoted. Chassam Soifer al Hatoyra al-Moyadim says, why were they successful in preserving God's name on the third day of Tishrei, because the third day of Tishrei corresponds to don't take God's name in vain. So therefore, this day is predisposed to bringing honor to the name of Hashem, and therefore they were successful in removing the name of God from secular documents. So here we have this really amazing concept that the ten days of repentance correspond to the Ten Commandments, first day of Rosh Hashanah, Anoichi Hashem Lekecha. Second day, The third day, either don't murder, that's what they did to Gedalia, or don't take God's name in vain, they were able to preserve the name of Hashem. Shabbos Shuvah, yep, you got it. Zachar Shem HaShavos
Now, Erev Yom Kippur. Erev Yom Kippur, what is the most important thing to work on on Erev Yom Kippur? Most important thing is don't owe anybody money. Don't have anybody else's money in your possession. Because a person could do tshuva from today until forever. But if you have other people's money, there's no way to do tshuva for that until you actually return it. So the Erev Yom Kippur is designated for um, over, working on loy signoiv. So the Rav Yonah says that's the symbolism of kaparos. Those who do kaparos with chickens. Well, do I do kaparos with chickens? That's a very personal question. I, I actually use money, but um, the Shulchan Aruch brings, there are many who have a custom to use a chicken. Why? Because chickens are robbers. They're ganovim. They're gazlanim. They eat other people's food. So what do we do to them? We cut off their heads, and they and they suffer a very bad fate because we're trying to arouse in ourselves on Erev Yom Kippur to avoid stealing. So Erev Yom Kippur is predisposed to Lois Signaiv. So now the million-dollar question is, what is Yom Kippur? Right? Isn't that interesting? Yom Kippur must correspond to the most important of all the Ten Commandments. And amazingly, Rabbi Yonah says, indeed... Yom Kippur corresponds to Loi Sachmoid, do not covet. Now interestingly, the Gura writes that Loi Sachmoid, do not covet, encapsulates the entire Torah. Why is that? Because the foundation of the whole Torah is emuna, belief not only in the existence of God, but belief that everybody's particular circumstance and set of and situation was tailor-made for their benefit by the Almighty. So that's the foundational principle of the whole Torah. Emuna, emuna, and therefore the love that encapsulates the whole Torah is don't covet, don't covet that person's house, car, wife, possessions, life circumstances. Why are you coveting it? You think that would be better for you? You don't believe that God has given you your perfect set of circumstances for your ultimate success. So loisach is encapsulates the kol kula, and that corresponds to Yom Kippur. Says Rav Shal Brach and Rav Chananya Yom Tov Lipa Kish that that's why Mincha time on Yom Kippur we read about illicit arayos. Don't live with this one, don't live with that erva, because Yom Kippur corresponds to chemda, desire, desire. In fact, Rabbi Yosef Engel goes so far as to say that desire is so hard to overcome. There's only one day a year you could really overcome desire completely, and that is Yom Kippur. Because on Yom Kippur, the satan, so to speak, is uh, sort of out of commission, as we know. Hasatan is Gematria 364, that he is that ha, that he is powerful. He has dominion 364 days a year, but not on Yom Kippur. And if we work on our desire the whole year, we could reach the level that on Yom Kippur we eradicate it completely. But Rav Yosef Engel understands that there's really only one day a year you could completely squelch desire. That's on Yom Kippur, provided that it's something that you worked on the whole year. 
So amazingly, Yom Kippur corresponds to Lois Sachmoid, do not desire. It's interesting, the Gra writes that we know that the kosher signs of animals are if they chew their cud and they have split hooves. How strange. Why, God only wants us to eat furry things that have split hooves and chew their cud? What difference does it make? Either you can eat animals or not. Why, why does it matter if they chew their cud? So the Gra writes that the most important quality is amuna, But amuna doesn't just mean belief in God. amuna is belief that what God presents to you as a life circumstance is what is best and most suitable for one's personal success in this world. And that is displayed by the, those animals that have split hooves and chew their cud. How so? I'm going to tell you a story, a very interesting story in a minute. Here you have Mr. Cow. Mr. Cow is a really, he's a good guy. And he's he has this challenge because he has this grass in front of him that looks pretty green. But the grass <clears throat> in the farm across the street, for a moment that grass looks a little bit greener. But the cow says, no, 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 no. First of all, I ain't going anywhere. I can't walk. I have split hooves. I can't even get to the grass on the other side. And not only that, not only can't I walk, I don't even want to walk. The grass that God gave me right in front of my eyes, I'm going to lower my head, eat that grass, chew it again and again, and because I know that's the grass that God designated for me. Not only that, I'm going to send it down to my stomach and then I'm going to regurgitate it because I love that which God gave me so much. I'm not even going to turn my head a little bit to the right to eat another blade of grass. I'm going to just enjoy the grass that God gave me again and again and again. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to chew it. I'm going to suck out every ounce of juice because I know this is what Hashem presented to me. I'm going to send it down to the stomach, regurgitate it, and chew it again because I have such a muna that the circumstances that God put me in is so conducive for me and for my happiness and my well-being that there's nothing more that I want more than that which God presented to me. My house, my spouse, my family, my challenges. I enjoy, I have such faith that they are for my welfare and, and happiness that I'm not even looking anywhere else. Number one, I can't go there. And number two, I don't need to go there. I'm going to enjoy again and again what Hashem gave me. That is the symbol of a kosher animal. Because the Gra learns the, the foundation of everything is emuna, and the love that encompasses Kala Tarakula is don't desire. Do not desire. Don't covet. But then we're going to conclude with, a, with the following idea. <clears throat> On Yom Kippur, we squelch desire. Yom Kippur corresponds to Loisachmoid. Again, this is the great principle. The ten days of tshuva correspond to Asar Sadibrois. Anoichi v'loyia was said in one utterance, therefore the two days of Rosh Hashanah are one kedusha, one sanctity. Sam Gedalia is either don't loyserzach or don't take God's name in vain. That's why they were able to preserve the kedusha of Hashem's name on Sam Gedalia. Shabbat Shuvah, Zachasem HaShabbat Erev Yom Kippur is loy signoiv. 
Yom Kippur is like Sachmaid. <clears throat> However, it's very difficult to squelch desire completely. After all, desire is an emotion which is programmed into the human psyche and to overcome it completely is impossible. Maybe on Yom Kippur we could do it, but the way we need to work on this is we need to retool it, we need to rework it, we need to channel it, we need to harness it. And we need to harness it for Kedusha. How do we do that? There's certain things that are considered desirable. Shade is considered desirable. In Shirashirim we read that Kisapuach Vatsei Hayar Kain Doidi Bain Habonim Bitsiloi Chimade Tivia Shafti. In Shirashirim, of all the various pleasures, fragrances, experiences, the one that was considered desirous by Shloimai was shade. I desired shade. Shade is something which is considered desirous. When someone is worn, when someone is tired, when someone is fatigued, when someone is looking forward to something enjoyable, shade is the idea in the Tanakh that is considered something which is desirous. And therefore, after Yom Kippur, which we worked on all the Ten Commandments, but on Yom Kippur specifically, now we need to try to rework desire and channel desire for mitzvahs, for Torah. And therefore, what we do is we sit in the sukkah. We channel desire for the mitzvahs of Hashem. Sukkah. You know, amazingly, by the sin of the Yitz Hadas, it says that the woman, Chava, she saw that the tree was nechmad ha'etz, was desirable. If you look in the Targum, Targum translates nechmad as umeragig, a lashon of esroig. Esroig means desirous. There's something spiritually desirous about the esroig. When you see the esroig, the color, the shape, the bumps, it elicits a spiritual desire. By the way, water. We know we have four basic matter, uh, elements of, of matter. We have fire, which by the way, um, Tzayim Gedalia is the day of fire. Gedalia was killed by Yishmael. Yishmael is a compound word. Eish al mi, fire on me. Me represents the 50 gates of Bina. But Mayim represents Taiva. Water represents Taiva. That's why Yishmael, who took nine, ten, nine of the ten measures of, tai, of Taiva, he's always hanging out by the water. He's always by the water. Yishmael is always with water. He's giving people water, causing people to die of thirst. He's always associated with water because Yishmael is associated with Taiva. On Sukkot, we have so overcome chemda and desire through Yom Kippur. We channel it toward enjoying the sukkah. We channel it toward 
the Esroig, we further channel it toward Nisachamayim, where we take we take the uh, where we take the the water which represents Taiva, and we use it to serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So it's the the Avoida of Sukkot is after we've squelched Chemda and Taiva on Yom Kippurim, we channel it, we harness it, we direct it, we retool it, we rework it, that our desire should be toward HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His Torah. Somebody once told me, this is somebody who was a little bit down on his luck, who was a Talmud of Rabbi Yosef, he told me that he saw personally that when Yom Kippur was over, or when Tishba was over, Rabbi Yosef would run to his Gemara like somebody ran, would run to food after imagine somebody fasting on uh, on Yom Kippur for two days. Somebody would run to a cup of water. He had such desire, he had such chemda toward learning, toward Lima that it, it was it, it was like somebody running in a desert to, to uh, a canteen of water. So that is the voyage and the journey of Asar Simei Tshuva. The Asar Simei Tshuva corresponds to the Ten Commandments. First day of Rosh Hashanah, Anoichi Hashem Lekecha. Second day of Rosh Hashanah, Layiyah Lecha Lehim Achirim. Tzayim Gedalia, Leisirzach, or Leisisa Shem Hashav. Shabbos, Tzachas Shem Hashav Zekashay. Erev Yom Kippur, Leisignayv. Yom Kippur, Leisachmayv. But after we overcome Leisachmoid, now it's time to elevate the Chemda toward mitzvahs that are specifically connected to Chemda, namely the Tziloi Chimada Tiviyashati, the shade of the Sukkah, Umeragig, the beautiful, desirous fruit of the Esraig, and the Nisachamayim. Okay, thanks everybody for uh, joining today. Good to see everyone. What day corresponds to Kabeir Esavicha Vesimecha? Good question. Yom Kippur is Mechabe Bain Adam Lachabero, right? Well, Yom Kippur, no. Yom Kippur is only Mechaber Bain Adam Lamakoim. Oh, I'm sorry. Right? But uh, maybe Yom Kippur could be, because ultimately Hashem is our father. Haloihu Avicha Kanecha. Yubban Hashem is our father. And. Uh, Perhaps an element of Kabbalah Savichas for Yom Kippur. I'll let you fill in the the ones that Rabbi Yonatan Ibishitz does not mention. By the way, um, Rabbi Yonatan Engel says Rabbi Yonatan Ibishitz said this on his own. He did not have. Uh, he was able to innovate this through his own mind. But there is the early sources for this, namely the Psikta and the Tanibel Yozuta, that the ten days of repentance, Asaras Mechuba, correspond to the Asaras Adibrais. I heard you on Mochi Shabbos. Oh, really?